0: Clark, Rod Bourgeois, David Pierce, and the rest of my fellow pilgrims at Trinity, thanks for allowing me to journey with you. Something different about this book. Chasing Francis is written in a genre called wisdom literature, which is a very delicate balance of fiction and nonfiction, pilgrimage and teaching. Halfway through the book, I realized I couldn't include everything I wanted to say about Francis and the church without having the story grind to a complete halt under the weight of too much historical and theological exposition. I ended up cutting a lot of material and creating a study guide found on page 209 for people who want to explore more deeply some of the topics raised in the story. If you want to get the most out of this book, I strongly urge you to read the study guide, either alone or preferably in a discussion group. Lastly, writing a novel with footnotes would be a little bizarre. Who wants to read a story that looks like a term paper? Wherever possible, I cited quotations or gave credit to authors whose writings or ideas directly or indirectly influenced passages in this book. If, when you finish this story and the study guide, you'd like to learn still more about St. Francis, hop online to www.iancron.com. Drop me a note, too. I'd love to hear from you. Resplendent as the dawn and as the morning star, or even as the rising sun, setting the world alight, cleansing it, and giving it fertility, Francis was seen to rise as a kind of new light. Like the sun, he shone by his words and works upon a world lying torpid amid wintry cold, darkness, and sterility, lighting it up with radiant sparks, illuminating it with the rays of truth, and setting it afire with charity, renewing and embellishing it with the abundant fruit of his merits and enriching it wonderfully with various fruit-bearing trees in the three orders he founded. Thus did he bring the world to a kind of season of spring. Prologue to Legend of the Three Companions Life holds only one tragedy, ultimately, not to have been a saint. Charles Peggy chapter one in the middle of the journey of our life i came to my senses in a dark forest for i had lost the straight path Oh, how hard it is to tell what a dense, wild, entangled wood this was, the thought of which renews my fear. Dante, Inferno, Canto 1, Lines 1-6 through six. As Alitalia Flight 1675 began making its final descent into Florence, I nervously fanned the pages of my copy of The Divine Comedy. Two decades of sitting in my damp basement had left a powdery coating of mildew that wafted into the air around me. For a moment, I saw it, tiny specks and spores floating idly in the rays of sun pouring through the window. I hadn't read the Inferno portion of Dante's classic since I was an undergrad. At 19, of course, the freight those first few lines carried would have been utterly lost on me. Now, reading them with 39-year-old eyes, I wished I could call Dante up and schedule a lunch. I had a long list of questions for him. Through the patina of condensation on the plane's window, I surveyed the Tuscan countryside below and knew that I had lost the straight path and entered a dense, wild, entangled wood. Two weeks earlier, I'd been Chase fousent founding pastor of the largest contemporary evangelical church in New England. My 14 years in the ministry were a church growth success story. I'd considered myself one of the privileged few.